Welcome to the Ed Milet Show, the place for leaders, dreams, and champions. Welcome back to Max Out with Ed Milet. I am so fired up about today's program because what we're going to do is going to directly affect your business and in your life. Because to my left, this wonderful woman here is a social media strategist. She's an expert when it comes to social media and helping you grow your following and your platform. So, Jasmine, this is Jasmine Starr, everybody. Hi, guys. How are you? I'm so excited. I'm Thank excited, you, too. Thank I'm, you. I'm Thank you so, for this. so fired up. And I was telling Jasmine that if our on-camera stuff is even half as good of what we've been talking about off-camera, this is going to change your life. We're going to bring be, it. We're, we're going to bring it in. I mean, let's go. Let's, let's go. go. Let's, let's go. get to the meat. Okay. Let's go. I love it. I love yeah. it. All right, let's, let's do that then. Thank you. Let's, start, let's talk a little bit about you first because I think they have to have a context for this amazing following that you've already built, and I want them to know why you can help them so much. So. I want to go all the way to kind of your adult life almost, right? Because like a lot of people watching this, Jasmine was kind of living a script and was chasing a dream and that dream sort of ended and she had the courage to make a transition to really chase her real passion, her real gift. And so you were in law school, right? I was. You were. And so you're chasing that. Was that like your goal or was it like a family goal? I'm curious. Ed, I come first generation. Latina. My father yeah. is Mexican, my mother is Puerto Rican, yeah. and my father's an immigrant. And okay. so he was basically trying to pursue the American dream. Yep. Education. And education. Yeah. And they never once asked us to pursue education because they themselves never pursued education. My father barely, my dad didn't learn how to read until he was 23 years old. Wow. So, I mean, wow. this just, they valued education because they sure. looked at it as like a key, yep. like a passport out of where we were yeah. in the hood, in the yeah. barrio. Like, yeah. It was who we were. Yeah. I'm still in love with how I was raised and the history that comes with it. Yeah. But in my mind, the way that I made my family proud or the way that I was able to pursue my dreams would be through higher education. Yeah. And I think looking back, it was me trying to take the safe path. Mm. Typical immigrant child is like hard worker, top of the class, be there on time, above the rest. Yeah. And I finally had this moment of reckoning of like, mm. is this the thing I want to do? Really? Well, yeah. you were in law school. Yes, when I was in law school. In 2005, unfortunately, during my first year of law school, my mom uh, got the news that she had a relapse of brain cancer. Oh it was an eight-year battle, and it was so long, it was so hard, and the doctors had decided that her time had come. They were going to stop chemotherapy, they were going to stop the brain surgeries. And I received this phone call there in law school, and it was such a difficult, hard time in my life. Mm. I wasn't happy in school, I wasn't happy with where I was and the decisions that I was making. And I walked in and I was on full scholarship at UCLA. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. And I walked in and I said, you know, I think I need to be at home with my mom. I'm going to come back to school. Like, I'm going to come back. I just need to be with my family. So in 2005, I dropped out of law school. In 2005, I moved home. In 2005, I watched my mom lay listlessly on the couch for months at a time. And it was at that time that my boyfriend, my high school sweetheart, said, we need your mom to see us get married. That's the thing that she wants. So we planned a wedding in three months. And in 2005, I remember sitting on a table, very similar to this circular table across from my newly minted husband. And he says, what do you want to do with your life? Like, where will you find happiness? JD asked you this. Yes. Okay. And I looked across from him and I said, I want to be a photographer. And That's pretty artsy from going to this very committed law path, especially right? Especially because his response was, well, don't you need a camera? <laughs> and I, camera. I didn't even have a camera. I didn't have a camera. I did okay. it. Swear, didn't have a camera. I said, if I had a camera, <laughs> That's awesome. if I had a camera, I really think I could do this thing. If I had a camera, yeah. I think I'd be a good photographer. Yeah. So <laughs> okay. 2000, Christmas 2005, I unwrapped a camera, but I didn't open the camera because I felt like 2005 was such a hard year in my life. On January 1st, 2006, 
I unboxed my camera. And at that same year, against all odds, the doctor said, your mom's not gonna walk, she's not gonna talk, she's gonna slowly go back, she's gonna retreat. And against those odds, my mother walked me down the aisle, she began to walk, she began to talk, she began to drive, she began again to cook, even though she's a terrible cook. I mean, my mom's <laughs> mom, if you're watching, I'm sorry. She's just, it was like burnt offerings, you know? It's like, oh, well, mom made it, well, let's eat it. Um, and I think that she had a second chance at life. Wow, that's wonderful. And I think that I had a second chance at life. Like, I made the decision, I'm not going back to law school. I'm going to do this wild, crazy thing that I'm wildly unqualified to do. Who got you the, the camera? I'm just curious. JD? JD did. Yes. Yeah, JD's here, by the way, everybody. And so <laughs> I kind of figured it was him, but I just wanted to make sure that's who it was. So he was instrumental in getting you to even think about your dream. Absolutely. By the way, that takes such huge courage because that's a very traditional path. Yes. And it is true that most of my friends who are first generation here, education is emphasized so heavily. Were you concerned at all you were letting your family down? Did it ever enter your mind? Or, or? I will distinctly remember sitting at an Italian restaurant in West Los Angeles. I called my father. My father is one of like my dearest, sweetest, most powerful friends. He's yeah. a beacon. He shows me how to be strong. He shows me how to be humble. And I called him and I asked him to meet. And we're sitting at this small table for two and I sat across from him and I said, I think I want to make a really hard decision. I'm so wildly unhappy and I don't want to let you down. And he said, how could you possibly let me down? You far superseded anything we could have imagined. Wow. So to have your father's what blessing, father. yeah, absolutely, father. absolutely. And it was such great advice because I'm happy, I'm successful, I'm yeah. living life on my own terms. And I, as a dad, I think you would want that for any You do. And that's, by the way, a great lesson for parents who are watching this, yes. by the way, yes. is that it's their path, it's their script, it's their life, it's not the script you give them. And for, I want to acknowledge one thing because you become this unbelievably successful person in that space, kind of, because you've used that background and then increased it even to the social media space. But, but I got to tell you that it takes, I want those of you that are listening to this, many of you that are watching this, you right now know you're living someone else's script. Amen. You're not chasing your dream, right? And you're the leading character of your life. You're the author. You and God are the author of the story of your life. And any time you can step into your dream, you can have the courage to step out and start pursuing that. So I want to acknowledge that because you're not sitting here with me. You haven't changed all the lives you've already changed and the millions more you're about to change if you didn't make that decision and if JD didn't have the vision to ask you that. So I want to challenge you all to have the courage to chase the real you, the authentic you, your real dream. And so in doing that, you started really out in the photography business, really getting into the space of it. it. Ended up being where you became one of the most sought-after photographers in the wedding space. Isn't that true? Kind of everywhere. Yeah. So that started. Talk about that for a second. And then, how did that end up? Take me through that. And then, how did you end up in the social media space in the first place? How'd that happen? So I unwrapped the camera in 2006, and by 2009, I was voted one of the top 10 photographers in the world. That's amazing. In 2010, voted top most influential photographer, and in 2012, voted top most socially influential photographer. Wow. So we kind of just started off in a niche of a market, and then expanded into this creative space. And I started teaching people how to run better businesses and leveraging just what you have. I didn't have money. Yeah. I didn't have resources. I had nothing. I mean, I barely got a camera. That's you know, it's just like crazy. so but living on the dream like we had no money my husband was a startup at the time our big date nights was taco bell nice in yeah. front of the fireplace like we were living the high life and yeah. it was great and it was beautiful because you understand the grind and you understand the hustle but you're so thankful for yeah. it and that's what makes today so special right absolutely sure. I mean, absolutely i don't pass by a taco bell without doing a sign of the cross <laughs> i'm like yes gone are those days thank you thank you god thank I, you god. it's funny i had that with taco bell too because my first office was on the roof of the taco bell was oh on did the you smell like refried beans oh, for yeah. days no i did and I, I lived on it's horrible i lived on those burritos but i literally had the same refill mountain dew cup for like two years because i was so broke but oh. so taco bell we're not okay. advertising. It's like no. instrumental in both of our absolutely. lives. This is kind of crazy absolutely. here, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So, so, so you become this, that's crazy. You unwrap a camera, and within three or four years, you're one of the most recognized photographers on earth. That's 
amazing, right? So how did you, I wanna now segue into like, this lady is unbelievable about what we're about to talk about. So if you're in the space where you think, I wanna to learn to really grow my social media following, where do I begin? Because she said to me, I was the queen of having no resources. No money, no background, no anything. And she's turned this into, if you go to her Instagram page, which you should, we'll talk about that as we go, you're gonna see this following she's built. But the first thing I noticed on your social media stuff, can we get into this stuff? Yes, let's get into the degree. Because she, she wants to teach, and I, we're, so we're gonna slay this for you today. So this is now, if you're driving, you're starting to take notes somehow by pulling over, right? Because here we go. Your page, the first thing I noticed about your page and your website, but we'll stay on the social media website stuff first, is it looks like you. In other words, it's a reflection of you. Um, you know, you, it's a beautiful page. And like when I see it, I see you. Just the colors, the, the layout of it, et cetera. Did you do that on purpose? And what advice would you give to somebody about just starting out on social media with the look of their page or what they should post, anything like that? Is that done on purpose for you? Absolutely. Okay. There was a point in time, like if anybody's interested and wants to verify, yeah. maybe I need somebody to testify. Okay. Somebody can go back to my Instagram feed in 2014. Okay. By 2014, I was always already an internationally recognized photographer. I had built a brand. I was sought after. I was working with magazines. So basically at the top of this photography game. Yeah. But my Instagram looked like a five-year-old was running it. Really? Okay. It was a hot mess, it had no vision. And in 2015, I saw other people using it for their business. Mm. I saw other people making money. Right. And I thought to myself, I'm in the position to, and I have no idea how to get started. Mm. So I just took a step back and I understood. I started looking at other accounts that I found admirable. Okay. And I noticed that number one, they showed up consistently. Okay, what do you mean by that? They post consistently? Yes. Okay. They're on the, like, anytime you want to grow a platform, any social platform, you must make the commitment to say, this is how often I'm going to show up. I recommend at minimum once a day. Okay, is that different? Let's get granular here. Yeah. Is that different on based on the platform? In other words, if you're on Facebook or Instagram, is it the same apply to you? Uh, at, at minimum, okay. once a day. At minimum on either one, once a day. I would say on both of them. Okay. I'm on I'm every day. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Okay. I am most active on Facebook, even yes. though my audience is most engaging on Instagram Got it. trying to figure out like with every algorithm change you have to treat the platform as if you're going on a new date with somebody yeah, like right. how are you doing let me yeah. see how yeah. is this changing for us yes. and so I think it's really important for me to create content on a consistent basis okay. and with Instagram engagement matters the most okay so it's like by you showing up every day, you're basically creating a little template for yourself. When your audience responds, you say, oh, let me double down on these types of posts. Okay. When they don't respond, this is a very clear indication that they don't want to, they want to see less of that from you. So instead of us being so tethered to this idea as like, I'm a real estate agent, I must show houses. I'm a real estate agent, I show keys opening a door. Yeah. It's like, but when you post photos of you walking through the house or you delivering yeah. champagne to new homeowners yeah. and that gets a ton of interaction, show the champagne to the homeowner. Wow, how powerful is that? You just taught me something because I seem to, even I'm like, thank you. I hope everybody caught that because I make that mistake myself. It's like, I kind of have these posts that I know everybody should like. Yes and they don't right. and I keep creating the same one thinking and every single time it's the same genre the same look <laughs> or the same thing Ed, the market has spoken it's, homie but it's so true though like I'm glad you're saying that like the market will speak to you this is huge right so so you're watching what the market indicates that's powerful 
Is your content the same on it each platform? That's a great question. Okay. Now the answer used to be no. I was okay. trying to create content independent of each platform, trying yeah. to show up, and I realized that I just didn't have enough time in the day. Yeah. So what I decided to do is to create uh, content on each platform, but I wasn't sharing it on the same day or the same time. Oh wow. Because oftentimes studies have shown that when somebody, there's a high likelihood that if somebody's on Instagram, they likely have a Facebook account. And if they're scrolling through Instagram, they might pop over to Facebook. Yes. They're on their social at the same time. Yes. And so if they like both my Facebook page and my Instagram account, there's a good chance so they're going to see the same content yes. and I don't want to make it feel like I'm not paying attention and fostering unique conversations in each of those platforms. Oh, so right. hypothetically, right, keep going. I'm right okay, good. Yeah. If I post like a post on Tuesday morning on Instagram, I might post that same post on Thursday night okay. on Facebook. Okay. I might post it on Wednesday afternoon on Twitter. I'm just trying to regurgitate the content, but making sure that it's specific. Now, as a, I'm just going to go off and like a jive yeah, a little. Riff, jive, riff. Like, yeah, and look, riff, I'm not even cool. Riff. I don't even know how to talk cool. <laughs> yeah, you're cool. On Instagram, yeah. what I see a lot of business owners doing is taking the same photo and automatically pushing it to Facebook. Yes. Which is a big no-no. Okay. You can use the same photo, but what I want people to do is to independently upload to Facebook because the thing that happens is that at mentions on Instagram and hashtags on Instagram that are highly effective yes. don't translate over to Facebook. Right. And so what people say are they see broken at mentions, they see hashtags that don't work or don't lead anywhere. Okay. And so what happens is subconsciously as viewers are watching this, they're saying, oh, Bonnie, the real estate agent, yes. is having a conversation on Instagram, but she's just really depositing over here on Facebook. Yes. And then people wonder, why aren't people engaging with my content here on Facebook? Okay. It's because you're not having the conversation on Facebook. Wow. Same photo. Bring it over here. No more app mentions. You're going to be tagging other pages that are like relevant to the conversation you're having. Oh the conversations exist in both platforms, but in a way that people are engaging on those platforms. This is huge what you're saying because that's another mistake I've made. Another mistake I've made is I've sent it over there, and you're exactly right. The hashtags are there, and I can tell they kind of know I'm just dumping over to Facebook sometimes. But I did notice on Twitter, you're, you're banging on Twitter. You're not pushing yeah. over your Instagram photos to Twitter. You're doing independent uploads. I, I watch. Well, here's why I don't, by the way. So I was doing that. What she's referring to is I used to just send my Instagram post over to Twitter yes. and I read your blog maybe Shut up. no I did get I read your blog. if you go no, no it's true if you look I'm pretending like I'm I'm hearing this for the first time but the <laughs> truth is I did I've made the mistake on Facebook but on Twitter I learned from your blog I'm like wow like she's exactly right I'm just dumping my my Twitter followers started to figure out like what's the point of following him on here and so exactly you're so this is this is so good so good okay talk about the hashtag thing for a second yes. how do I know if I'm on Instagram let's say what hashtags, you did a blog on this that I thought was just, by the way, let me step back. She has a blog that will absolutely change your planet. How do they get your blog? Just tell them that real Jasmine quick. Jasmine Star Blog. Jasmine Star Blog. Just so you know, guys, let me tell you something. I read this blog and it helps me and I have a pretty dadgum big social media following and I, I implement what she recommends on there very regularly. One of the things you wrote about on there, it's so good, by the way, it's so good. One of the things you recommended on there was about finding out what hashtags your consumers or your clients yes. are inclined to look for. Talk about that for a second. Okay, so first let's back up a tiny bit. Okay. We need to identify, each of us as independent business owners, who we are marketing to. Okay. And we don't mean this loosely. Okay. I mean, I, I'm a firm believer of staking a claim in the ground and saying my content is for this single person. Okay. And that rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Okay. Because people say, well, I'm going to create content for whoever wants to buy what I'm selling. Yeah. And that's true in theory. But if we're trying to build a brand and have long-term sustainable growth, okay. it's very good to niche a market. Now, just because you niche doesn't mean that you won't appeal to other people. I believe, okay. based on your content, you have a very like large male um, yeah. 
following. Yep. But it doesn't feel like, I don't feel like I can't follow what you're doing. Right. I just know that you're creating content that appeals to a specific gender. And right. I think that that's great. Right. I right. think it's powerful because you're saying, this is my tribe. This is what I'm yep. going for. Other people are welcomed. Yes. So it's important that you do that. So you're already one great step in there. Okay. Once you understand who you're marketing to, okay. When you have that person in their mind, like that person's a real person. Yeah. You know how old they are, you know if they're married, do they have kids, where do they live, how much money are they making, what car do they drive, where do they go on vacation, what was the most recent YouTube video that they watched, yeah. what pages on Facebook do they like? Okay. Get in their mind. Okay. Then you create content for them. Yeah. Not like this is a promotional piece for my business. Right. This is how can my business help you? Yeah. How can my business empower you? Yeah. Or, or how can my business diminish fear? We want to make sure that our social media endeavors really hone in on that because there's too many people in the fitness space. There's too many photographers, too many graphic designers, there's too many bakers. There's too many people doing the same damn thing. Yeah, you're How right. do we stick out? Yeah. Our messaging comes, it's not about our business, it's what our business does for you. Oh God, that's huge. And so when we do this, so now, now that huge. we're here, that's we brought huge. it up, we right. built it up, yeah. let's get into hashtags. Okay, that is huge what you just said though. Let's stay there, it's what you're, I'm giving it to you. What your business does, right? Not, yes. so, Oh my gosh, that's big time, big, big time. All of you, no matter what your platform is, because I want to share something with you. I struggle with that, just because I watch guys in my space, the men in my space, right? And I can tell like certain people, I won't name who they are, but I can tell they're really get, their guy is only a 25 year old below in male, right? Or theirs is just a fitness person. And for me, I really do want to appeal to everybody that is appealable with my content, Absolutely. whether it be a woman or a man or a, right. a guy my age, 47, or a 24-year-old. And so it's, it's, uh, I do try to think about that because the market is so big. And so I want to acknowledge, I do what Jasmine said. When I'm creating content, I do think about, because my market is vast, how do I appeal to all these different people with the, with the content that I'm creating, knowing I can't reach everybody with every post. And so, so huge about what your business does or for me, right? So talk about the hashtag thing now. So now, so that, now that we that, know who we're talking to, okay. now that we know that we're talking to the 25 year old who lives in Chicago, yeah. who's has a side hustle, but during the daytime he's driving Uber. Like, yeah. I mean, I want you to get, sure really granular who is this person okay. because when this person becomes real to you okay. you create content that appeals to them and then you are really smart with your hashtags okay. so for instance if you're creating entrepreneur content okay. the knee-jerk reaction would be to hashtag entrepreneur mm -hmm. business startup yeah. business-minded okay. and then what happens is the other people in your industry and sphere are using entrepreneur yeah business-minded, right, right. hustler. Right. So then we wonder, why are people only in my industry following me? Because you're only using hashtags that industry peers are using. So now, if we go back and we say, how does, how does Seth, living in Chicago, driving Uber, who has a side hustle, he wants to become a videographer, how do I, as in my shoes, if Seth was my ideal client, how do I create social media content for Seth? Mm. I'm using masculine driven images. I'm making references that a 25 year old guy would, would like and know and understand. Yep. I'm making music references to who I think he's listening to, hip hop references. What kind of car does he drive for Uber? Like I'm creating content that gets into his psyche because anytime a consumer of social media is looking at a piece of content that feels like it's tailor made for them, mm -hmm. they will follow, they will spend more, they will wait more, they will support more, they will evangelize more. Tailor-made content allows you to build a tribe. Now, I'm not about metrics. 
I mean, it's great that we have all these numbers and that's fantastic. Yeah. But really, I firmly believe, I firmly believe, as God is my witness, yeah. a business will go farther with a thousand avid followers than 10,000 followers who are just passive, I'm going to scroll on by. 100% agree So we with build that. a tribe, but you yeah. build a tribe by creating content that people want to see and then insert yourself in social situations. Because then if I was creating content for Seth, I'm not hashtagging entrepreneur because okay. Seth doesn't identify yet with yeah, being right, an entrepreneur. Right, what does he identify with? Yeah. Well, the music that he's listening to, okay. the side hustle. Okay. Um, if he listens to podcasts like Ed Milet, yeah. I might be hashtagging right. your podcast exactly. so that when he's like, oh, this podcast, how does Jasmine's information come here? Who is this person? Oh, she's Wonderful. creating content for me. Is that what you mean by inserting yourself in social situations? Yes. Okay. That's social conversations. Social, social conversations. Yes. Okay. And so this is huge. How do you feel about this? Is this is the best stuff we've covered on here about this topic by far, and it's learning for me, like educating for me. How do you feel about? Thank you, by the way, because these people are getting huge value out of this. How do you feel about? You no, know, once you're building that engagement, because I agree, I'd rather have a thousand engaged followers yes. than ten thousand who pass through and scroll yes. through my stuff. Yes. That's the other point I want to make to you. Is I see certain people in my space, they post too much stuff and it becomes this blur of nothingness right. that I don't want to see. Right. How do you feel about engaging with your followers? So or do you recommend people engage, reply to comments? Do you recommend they like comments? Do you recommend they engage on other people's pages whom are in a similar genre? How do you oh, feel about that? Ed, okay. let's talk. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna get we're gonna get into tactical stuff. Okay. And what I'm gonna say is I, as the audience is watching and listening. Okay. I want them to understand that I know and I feel and I trust that I'm going to ruffle some feathers. Okay. I know that I'm going to make people uncomfortable. Okay. I know I'm going to piss some people off. Yep. Avoid the shutdown right now. Okay. I want people to be open. Instead of poking holes at the things that I'm saying, I want you to be avoid the ways to make reasons why you can't do it okay. and find reasons that you will. Okay. Okay. So people say, I don't have enough time. But you have to understand what is the role in your business. If you do not want to be the head of your company, if you do not want to be the visionary, if you don't want to be lead of, if you don't want to be the uh, the, the driver of lead acquisition, yeah. then bring somebody on the outside who yeah. is, Read. and let them drive those conversations. But if you want to build personal brand, if you want to be the driving force, then you must be the one navigating those conversations online. Okay. You can go through, and I'm really proud of this. Yeah. Ed. I respond to the best of my darn ability to every DM, so to every comment. I know you do because yeah. we come from this. We understand yeah. Yeah. the value of saying, I see you. you the it. fact that you took 10 seconds to write this you for me, it. I'm going to respond back to you. Yes. It's not scalable, right. but the unscalable builds a team of evangelists who become ride or die in what you're doing. A thousand percent agree with you. I love what you said about I see you because that's really what I feel like I'm doing. It isn't scalable to a point. I'm, I'm at a point now where we've been discussing like how many more can I do and I get a couple thousand a day, right? But I, I'm, I'm blown away by people who only get 25 a day or 40 a day who don't engage with right. their groups. It's like, right. it's incredible. So one way to engage is that. And by the way, I want to also say this to you. This is why you want to get involved with this one. This is just a, we're just scratching the surface here. One thing about content too, a lot of you struggle with having enough of the photos to post. You can't, you can't post every picture just of you. There's got to be stuff that makes a statement. And Jasmine, and I say this because I so believe it'll serve many of you. You have a, a business where they could get access to content that you help create, true? Yes. Can you tell them just, I want, yes. this isn't a commercial guy. She didn't even want to talk about this. I told that, I'm, I'm like, Ed, no right, pitches, Ed. Right. Let's keep it clean. That's and he's right. like, no. I want you to know that part of you growing your following may be for 
some of you accessing some of what she can offer you this way. So tell them a little bit about that. So the inception, it's called Social Curator. Show, social Curator. The inception of this idea was that I had my tribe and I would teach people, this is how you show up, this is what you say, this is how you engage. And I even brought a videography team into my house and say, this is how I create it, this is how you do it, now go and do. Okay. And the three main things that I heard again and again from thousands of people, mm -hmm. Jasmine, I don't have enough time, yeah. I don't know what to say, yeah. and I don't have photos. Yes. And so I thought to myself, is there a way that I can create a service? So for $25 a month, okay. I have business owners, and on the first of every month, they get 30 stock photos. Okay. They get 15 caption templates, so that okay. when those times that you're like, I don't know what to say, I don't know how to talk about my business, right. I can't find the right words, I have swipe copy. Okay. Fill in the blanks, talk okay. about your business. I guide you through that, and every single month, we tackle one small piece of social media. Okay. How to use Instagram stories for your business, how to revive your Facebook page, how to run your first Instagram ad. Wow. Every single month, you're just getting a small piece of content, so you know, this is how I'm showing up, this is what I'm doing. I love this, like, just so you know, that's such a nominal cost. When you have someone who does that full time for you, right. you know, oh, the yes. difference to have somebody doing that for 25 bucks a month is Absolutely. pretty unbelievable, Absolutely. right? So Absolutely. I think it's a value add for all of you that are listening to this too. So I wanted to make sure that I got in the middle of the podcast, not towards the end where you might miss it. Okay, so stay with us. So a couple other things I want to say that I noticed that you're an expert at, and that is, so not only do people struggle with having the photo, they struggle with the caption. Yes. So Andy Frisella, who's one of my best friends and has built a monster following, and is actually my partner in some group stuff we're doing together that you know, some mentoring and masterminding we're doing. But Andy's been teaching me over time, well the reason one of my followings grows is how important the caption is, yes. right? Like he believes the caption is actually more important than the actual photo in many cases. And so can you talk to them about how do they know what to caption? How do you how do you caption when you make a post? What can they well, think I mean, about? We go that? back, this is the inception of like marketing and sales. Like we go back, this is like uh, hearkening like Mad Men days, right? Okay. This is like, this is Madison Avenue mm -hmm. in its rarest form. Mm -hmm. Is that we are all now copywriters. True, okay. I mean, this is, a, your caption is your sales in print. Okay. And I don't disagree with Andy. I firmly believe, now, photos are important to stop somebody scrolling. Sure, that's the first thing that's they see. That's the first thing that they see. Yeah. And then they debate. Can I, do I want to find, do I find this interesting? Okay. And that's why it's so important to have an attention grabber at the beginning of okay. every caption. I don't think most people know that. So on Instagram, what you're now, they, they truncated it. You were, used to be able to see three lines yeah. of copy yes. to get people interested. And I believe, and this is speculation, but I believe that they made it only two lines because they want people to read the click more. Okay. They don't want an amouche-bouche, they don't want an appetizer, they want yeah. you to say, go to the meal, go yeah. to the ribeye, we want you. you serving it up. I do. Which I think is actually a good thing. I do too. But those first two lines are now so important. Critical. right. It's an attention grabber. Okay. It's, can I ask you a question? I'm curious, mm. I made a mistake. Mm. Can I, uh, do you have an opinion? Mm. Can I get a recommendation? Engaging, hooking them in yeah. the beginning and then guiding them through the conversation is imperative. Massive, 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 massive. What she just told you to grow your following are those first two lines. I promise you, people ask me, I'm, I think I'm the fastest growing person in the history of social media in the business space for in nine months. And one of the keys has been me mastering that, what you just said. The first two lines was three lines. First two lines, getting your attention. Can I ask you a question? I'm curious. I love what you just said right there. A couple more things, then we'll talk about winning in life and just not through social media, right? Yes. But I love this. So yes. I want to, because I'm learning, so I'm going to keep asking. So what about your photo? 
What about your bio photo? Is there anything about that that someone should know? Because that's the first thing uh, someone you're asking, sees. Right? You're just asking the right questions. Right. I think right. that you're coming at this, you're serving an audience yeah. that is hungry, yeah. and you're meeting them where they are. Right. We and I had this conversation. A lot of yeah. times that I see this like esoteric, cloud-like, yeah. yes. let's talk about this, the, the philosophy right. of social media. Right. No, right. let's get down to the down what and do dirty. actually do? Right. Absolutely, your right. bio photo. Three main tips. Number one, okay. a photo of a person looking at a camera is really engaging. As human beings, we're hardwired to judge people through looking at their eyes. Okay. So the minute to stop somebody is going to be okay. really... <laughs> no, no, we know each other, we go back, no, we're good. So looking at somebody in their eyes is very powerful. Okay. So having a headshot that's from the collarbone, chest bone area up is okay. great. When you have a full body photo, what happens is you see less of the person's eyes. Okay. So you want a well-lit, naturally lit photo. Okay. You want to be looking directly at the camera. Okay. And if at all possible, smile. Okay. There, there are times for very cool photos. Yeah. Cool photos really do well. But as a standalone piece of building a brand, you want to be approachable, you yeah. want to be friendly, and you want to start conversations. Okay. And we have to think about social media as a cocktail party on the internet. Okay. When somebody walks into a cocktail party and indoors, it's a Friday night, yeah. they walk into the montage at the yeah. bar and they're wearing their sunglasses, yeah. they still have their hat on. Yeah. They're just looking around, yeah, wait, yeah. like who's gonna look at me take a drink? Yeah. It's the people who we want to talk with are the guys, right. the women who have their sunglasses off, everything's packed up, they look at you, smile, You're right. casually order a drink. Wow. This is the stuff we need wow. to have. This, this is, is massive stuff. Should you, should you change it? Is there, a, is there a shelf life to a photo where you should change that photo because your followers have seen it so long? Well, there's a, there's a beauty, it's a beauty in the beast. Okay. You like when people become familiar with your photo because yes. people look at the photos. Yes. And another thing to say is I, I highly recommend against using a logo. Because okay. a logo takes away the, the personality of a business or a brand, okay. so there's that. So there's a beauty of somebody seeing the same regular photo because then they, if they've engaged with you in the past and yep. they know that you deliver great content, which you do, right. you kind of like that association. Okay. So I kind of, familiarity, I will kind of like rest a photo for at least like four or five months okay. before you decide to, okay. to switch it out. Switching okay. it out too much confuses people, as simple okay. as it is. Okay, okay you're get, this is tons of stuff here, tons of stuff. Anything else you would tell somebody who's getting into the social media space or is in it now and you'd say, listen, if you're gonna make this work, you need to do X or Y. Would it be, you know, create content that, I always tell people the content better reflect you. Yes. Right? It better not be, you're not doing somebody else. Like it's gotta be authentic. They have to think it's the real you, but is there something else you would tell them as we turn the page off of social, we'll go into life here in a yeah. minute, but anything else you would add to them about social media, the way they, they uh, post, anything of that nature, any advice? I would. I would talk about creating value-driven content. Because let's say I sell shoes, mm -hmm. and you sell shoes, and you sell shoes, and you sell shoes, and you sell shoes. We're all selling shoes. Right. What the marketing that I see on Instagram, the conversations I see on Instagram, by nine out of 10 of us, I sell shoes, these are the sizes the shoes come in. When if I wanted to stick out from the crowd, a value-driven piece of content would be, I sell shoes, here are the five reasons why you should be packing these shoes to go on vacation. Mm. Because of one, two, ah, three, four, five. Wow. If I sell sunglasses, and we all sell sunglasses, yeah. it shouldn't be these are the colors that the sunglasses come in. Okay. It should be these five tips will help you pick the best shape of sunglasses for your face. So we have value-driven content that helps us position ourselves in a place of authority, but it builds trust. Golly, this is huge. This is huge, okay. I totally agree with that, by the way. Like, I, when I'm listening, I'm thinking, what are the things I've done wrong? You're right. And when you say things I've done correctly, I have to acknowledge it, too. I've done Absolutely. that. I've done that value add on the content. Like, so you have obviously become this success, not only because of the, the, the detailed knowledge you clearly have about how social media works, but also you had the courage to step into this space 
you're super driven to improve you and chase the highest version of you. You're, you've spent money on yourself. You're in various different mastermind groups that you participate in. And so what is it that you think for entrepreneurs or just people in general that are out there that you know they want to be somebody, they want a dream to happen, they want to live oceanfront, they want to have a dream relationship, whatever it is, what do you think holds most people back? What do you think it is and what do they need to do and think differently? That's a broad question, but what would your answer be to that? It's going to be two things. Okay. It's going to be so, a lot of people are so concerned of what other people will think about their decisions. Yeah. It could be a parent, it could be a spouse, it could yeah. be people on the internet. Yeah. And the only person who is responsible for making those decisions and protecting your soul. Yeah. You have been, we've all been commissioned. We, have, we serve a higher purpose and a calling. And when we stand in the light of our rightness and yeah. our voice, mm -hmm. I would have been a successful lawyer. Mark my words. Yeah. I would have not have served the amount of people I can serve because now I'm standing in my purpose. Had I listened, if my father sat across from me and said, you know what, Miha, no, yeah. I don't want you to do that. I would have said, maybe, who knows? Right. I don't know what I would have said. Yeah. But the fact of the matter that I still at the end of the day made a very hard decision to walk away from a safe path and yeah. say, I believe and I don't care for all intents and purposes, people say that's the most ridiculous thing you could have done. Right. I don't care. Right. When I decided to take a sabbatical from running one of the most profitable photography studios in the world, people said, you're crazy. Yeah. And I said, I see something else on the horizon. I'm intended to be serving more people. I'm intended not just to be serving creatives, but entrepreneurs, people who want to live their best version by way of pursuing their dream business. Yeah. That's my life calling. I don't care what all of you have to say. I'm doing my thing. Secondly, is belief in self that they, 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 they have like this pinwheel above their head of failure. Yes. They list of all the things that didn't work in the past and I say, reframe that. Yeah. It wasn't a failure. It's only a failure if you decide to stop right there and then. Wow, stand in purpose and reframe. Yes. Those are, you know, I think by the way, I totally agree with you and I think those two things are connected. I think a lot of times because there's a lack of maybe self-belief, then we become more concerned with what other people think about uh, us. So true. Right? Because I so think true. when you have a great reputation with yourself, you've kept promises you make to yourself, you trust yourself, right? You're far less concerned with your reputation with everybody else. Yes. But when you don't feel great about yourself or you haven't kept promises you've made to yourself, you don't have high self-confidence, now your reputation with everybody else is of huge value to you and importance, right? So they're interconnected. One of the things I noticed about you immediately on camera when I watched you speaking and then now in person, it's like really apparent. I believe in energy, right? I think energy almost overrides everything in life, right? Even even a poor decision made with the right energy, the right intention. Yes, I've made some, a lot of poor decisions. Me too, girl. Me too, right? But I've almost like just willed my energy, my because I always give myself credit for my intent. I know my intent is good. I know I want to do the right thing. I don't always do the right thing. But I know my intentions are good. I know I'm a good man. I know I want to help people. I know I want to serve. I love that term of standing in your purpose, by the way. I may steal that from you. But so this energy you have, it's, it's magnetic, right? It's like I, I root for you. I want to help you. I believe you, right? Like your certainty level's off the charts too, right? Where's that come from? Have you always had this or have you worked on that? No. Like what, what's it come no. from with this energy so you have? Because it's, it's, it's obvious, like I'll guarantee even the people that are sitting around here watching this, they can feel your energy. I can feel it when I'm talking to you. That means so much. True. And it means so much to me because I know what it's like to have an energy that's completely polar opposite of the energy I possess now. Really? As the daughter of an immigrant, I grew up obese. I weighed 180 pounds. I wasn't even five foot tall. I was 11 years old. I weighed more than my dad. I was constantly ridiculed. I didn't learn how to read until I was 11 years old. I was poor, we had government issued food, people from our church would take donations for us. And yet through all of that, wow. I felt like if I can pour myself into academics, 
So I studied, I remained quiet. I always like to be behind the scenes. I'm a watcher, I'm a looker. I would see other people doing the things I wanted to do and I never gave myself the permission to do that. It wasn't until I was 25 years old in 2005 where we started this conversation where I thought, my God, I've robbed the world of this thing that I have because I was so concerned of being me. When I saw my mom, she was 50 years old and they said she was going to die. I was 25 years old and I had a midlife crisis. I said, what if I look back and they say, what if? What if I could have done more, served more, been more, spoken up, and my voice quivered? What could I, what could I have been? And at that moment, I said, no more. I'm gonna stand in this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak up when my voice shakes. I'm gonna walk even though there's hills. And I'm gonna continue to own up to the mistakes because I've made plenty. And if people, wa if people know, she's trying her best. Her intention was to serve. We're still gonna support her even when the chips are down. That's 100% right. My, I, um, that's a clip, by the way, that I'm gonna watch over because I just love what you just said. Because I think there's, wow, you got me right there. Because I also went through a midlife crisis at that age. And I'm in, I say this all the time, I'm in a midlife crisis constantly to get to the next version. I saw an right? interview like, with you talking about, yeah, the, yeah. your daughter said you're having a midlife crisis. Yeah, and you said, like, it's the midlife crisis to be a better man. I was like, preach, it's really, preach. What's more powerful is what you just said, because here's why. Because a lot of people watch that, they go, well, I haven't always been in a crisis to get better. Right? I've had a track record of not getting better, which is what you just said. I want you to hear what this beautiful soul just told you, right? I spent 25 years not being this person. So I think sometimes people listen to me like, well, he's just got this track record of getting better. So it was like this momentum. You're like, no, I didn't have that. 25 years, I sort of lived in the shadows and then you stepped out of it, right? And you gave him the formula of how to do it. And there's so many of you. I, I think men for sure, but even more with women. I think even more in the space with women, the world tries to tell you you're not enough all the time. You're not enough this, be quiet, be a good girl. You don't look like this, you don't act like this. So there's all these things, these messages we get as we're being raised and then the world does it to us too. So often, I feel this, women walk into a room and no one acknowledges them and that happens over and over and over again. It's like reserved for these, just these few people in the world get that acknowledgement. And you have to take it, ladies. You have to step into it. You have to decide what Jasmine just told you, that you're gonna take your power, right? You're gonna step into that space. And I love what you said, step into your purpose. That is massive, so I love that. Now, doing that, and I want all the women to hear this too. Men, I know you're getting value out of this, but the women need to hear this, that you can step in. You are enough now. You can step into your purpose, and, and your intentions are good. This is what can happen to you. This is what can happen. Millions of people are hearing this, and so we don't have a whole lot more time, but I'm curious. So I know where you've gone. I know what you've become. What do you want to do? Like, what's your purpose now? You said, I'm stepping into my purpose, right? So, and I think, but I want to tell you something. Having met you, it's even bigger than you think. So I, I've watched your ability to communicate. I've watched you on camera. I've watched your, your energy level today, your intensity level, but man, your ability to communicate. Wow, right? Like you have a huge purpose, Jasmine. It's huge. But how, what do you want? Like what is your calling? Where, where are you going? Like what, is, what are we gonna see from Jasmine Starr in five more years? What do you want? I would love, like my main goal is Yes, I want to provide for my family. I want my parents to be proud of me. I want my yeah. friends and family to stand behind me. That's my number one goal. Me too. But I think that my purpose is to empower other people to live the life that they don't allow them to. Ooh. To watch somebody and say, you are underqualified, you are underprepared, you are underfunded, you are underconnected. Yeah. And yet, as an underdog, you still continue to show up mm. and show up and show up. And when people made fun of you, and when they said the meanest things about you, when they said, ask why anybody would hire you, and you showed up. Wow. 
and you showed up. It's just living proof that people can get and earn and pursue and push all the things that they want. Mm. And if I can look back five years from now and look at all the people who said, this is me, I might not be making a million dollars a year, but I'm taking my family on a Disney cruise. I might not be making a million dollars, but guess what? I bought myself a Toyota Prius. I might, like, all of those things are success parameters to them if I am allowing you to live your version of success. Mm. Not the yachts and the houses. Those are beautiful and that's fine and that's wonderful. But if your version of success is to leave work every day at 3 p.m. so that you can serve dinner and eat dinner with your family and pick up your son from soccer yes. and you're living the life good for you. Yes. If I can look back, I will say I have lived in my purpose and I will find a way to monetize on the back end. I have food on my table. Yes. And my dad, we were raised in a very spiritual house. My dad's a pastor and he said, Beans and rice and Jesus Christ. If you have those things, you're okay. And I'll say, Daddy, I got a little bit more than beans and rice, but thank you. No, that is so awesome. It's because that's a real perspective, right? Like, that's actually true. And I think so often when you watch these shows, I love what you just said because it seems like we think everyone's dream is these huge right. material things, but right. oftentimes it's just like, I'd like, to, I'd like to have my Saturdays free. Absolutely. Or I'd like to coach my son's Little League yes. team or all these different things. Yes. And if that's your calling now, let's yes. go get it. Let's have the yes. courage to go get it. Yes. You, I want to help you help people because I think you're amazing. I think you're amazing. Uh, today's conversation, you can tell I'm fired up. Like this is, this was beautiful for me. And so you can tell from listening to her, there's no question in my mind that you know this is a soul who wants to help you. But not only does she want to, does she have the energy, does she have the story, but she's got the strategies, man. She's got the track record. And so how do they find you just before we go? Where do they go find you, at least on the internet somewhere? What's the best place to find internet, you? On the internet, jasminestar.com in okay. an all social Jasmine Star. Okay, Jasmine Star. Y'all got that, right? I, I want to tell you something. I really am grateful for today because unlike a lot of programs out there, I try to do it where people get real tangible things they can go use. There are several pages of notes someone who was listening to this took today, thanks to you. And then on top of that, you inspired them, right? Like, because you're inspiring. Not just the words you said, but you're inspiring. Your story's inspiring. Your being is. And so, really grateful. And I have to say, like, I met you today. Yeah. I walked into your house, and the thing that I felt was that you were like a magnet. Thank you. You were a magnet, and not only does that make you special, when you share your magneticism with other people, when you share your platforms and you invite people for the greater purpose, thank you. Oh. Like this is, it's not lost on me, homie. Like, <laughs> I'm so happy to be thank here. You. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was wonderful. So everybody, I want to challenge you. If you do me just one favor, I bring you these unbelievable people and this unbelievable knowledge for nothing, it's for free. I just ask you that whatever platform you're watching this on, if you'd review it so it moves up the rankings, I want more people around the globe to see this. And if you're on those other platforms, make a comment or something as well. So God bless you, everybody. Jasmine, thank you. Max out, everyone. This podcast is for leaders with passion and guts. Nothing less than a championship is acceptable. 